Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Lightning fans, you found the right show for everything you need to know about your favorite team in the NHL. It's the Lightning Insider Podcast with Eric Erlinson. Get ready for insight, historical perspective, interviews, and breaking news that comes from a reporter insider who's got near 20 years on the Tampa Bay Lightning beat. Now for the latest with the Lightning, here's Eric. Hello, everyone. Welcome to a post-game recap, lightninginsider.com podcast coming at you after game one of the NHL semifinal round, Tampa Bay Lightning and the New York Islanders. Game one went to New York by a score of 2-1. to one. Goals from Matthew Barzell and Ryan Pulak for New York. And Braden Point scores a late power play goal to make the game closer than it probably was in terms of how the game was played. And that's kind of what we're going to get into here in what we saw go wrong for Tampa Bay in game one. And, you know, I know the natural inclination, because I've seen this for years, is to just automatically assume that they didn't play well, they didn't show up, their heads weren't in it. How can that be? How can that possibly be? And I don't necessarily agree with that assessment. And if you know me, I am certainly more optimistic than most. Uh, I did see things that went wrong in this game. I'm not trying to sugarcoat anything here. But it wasn't all doom and gloom. The, the issue is when you play the New York Islanders, you can't make mistakes. And it's, it's a game of mistakes. And I, I say you can't make mistakes. You have to limit your mistakes. You have to have much better puck management than what Tampa Bay did in this game one. And it's uh, quite fitting that I write this story uh, on the the Lightning, and it's on the website if you want to go read it, on how sort of the seminal moment of this team's run through the playoffs here, you know, six straight series wins heading into the semifinal round against the Islanders is how they have become patient. They have learned to play a less risk game, how they understand what it takes to play a patient game, what it means to be patient when you have the lead, what it means to be patient when you're playing from behind, uh, all that stuff. You know, and we've seen it in various degrees throughout this postseason. You know, you think back to uh, game two against the Panthers, game six against the Panthers, the first two games against Carolina, game five specifically against Carolina in the shutout win in how they, they're just measured in their approach. Well, the Islanders are probably the most patient team in the league. It's how they thrive. It's what Barry Trotz preaches, the head coach of the Islanders, and how he wants his team to play. So they are not going to make many mistakes. They'll make some because, again, it's a game of mistakes. And you just you can't make many on your end. And... The Lightning got away with it through various times. 
in the game, and there were a couple of really wide-open looks that the Islanders had because they pounced on situations in which Tampa Bay put the puck in the bad areas. Think of the lost puck that Eric Chernak had against the far boards from where I was sitting. That gave Josh Bailey a wide-open chance. Braden Point, who we don't talk too much in this capacity, tried one of those sort of soft backhand passes that Anthony Beauvillier picked off, uh, gave himself an open look, and you know, Point even went up to Vasilevsky, Andre Vasilevsky, after that play and basically said, hey, that's my bad, I can't do that. You know, but if you continue to do that against the Islanders, eventually they're going to find a way to make you play. They don't have star power. We talked about that in the preview podcast. They don't have guys who are going to go to multiple all-star games. They don't have guys who are going to be multiple trophy winners, right? They don't have the elite high-end skill, certainly that we're used to watching Tampa Bay play with. But they've got skill. We saw Barzell take advantage of a Steven Stamkos turnover, picked off by Josh Bailey, sends Barzell up ice, gets a half step on Jan Ruda, is able to get position to the inside of the net and uh, score the opening goal. You know, Barzell, I don't think he had – well, I know he didn't have much of an impact in the Eastern Conference final series between these two teams last year. Not sure if he even scored a goal in that series. So automatically right off the bat here, he makes a big impact by converting an opportunity and gives the Islanders a one nothing lead. But what did that play result from? From mismanagement with the puck. Something that Tampa Bay absolutely has to avoid if they're going to have success in this series. Steven Stamkos twice had the opportunity to get the puck in down low. They wanted to make a change. So you need to get the puck in down low. First attempt was blocked. And on the second attempt, he tried to go across the ice, which that's a no-no. It's, those are the dangerous areas, you know, three feet inside and outside of each blue line are the most dangerous areas on the ice to turn pucks over, and you get what you end up having. And against New York... That might be it. You know, you can fall behind by two goals to the Carolina Hurricanes. You can fall behind by two goals to the Florida Panthers. And you could probably at least have a decent chance of coming back. Can't really do it against New York. The way that they play, the way that they suffocate, they already take away time and space when the game is tied. And they drop back even further into a defensive mode once they have the lead. And they're really good at it. So management with the puck is the biggest thing that this team has to avoid. It's something that they've been so good at for the past two playoffs. Management of the puck. You know, look, Andre Vasilevsky bailed him out. Not that he had to stand on his head, but he made some really good saves in the early stages of this game. But you can't ask your goaltender to bail you out of every mistake. Because the other team, they're pretty good. They're, they're, they want to win the game. And they're going to play to their strength and their style, how they know best to play the game. And you have to understand that. And the Lightning do. But you have to go out and play like you understand how the Islanders want to approach the game. 
they are more than happy, more than happy to win a game one nothing. They are perfectly content. Again, that's Barry Trotz hockey. And you get a 2-1 result today. Ryan Pulak with a, a third period goal that made it 2-0 and made the hill that much even harder to climb. They Again, they pull one back late with a minute and a half to go on the power play. Braden Point cashes in with about 54 seconds left. So they had some opportunities to get back in the game. But to erase a two-goal deficit against the Islanders is, is a very difficult task. So that's what Tampa Bay is going to have to adjust to in this series. I found it quite interesting in listening to the post-game comments from the players about... You know, one of them was Ryan McDonough talked about they understand that the Islanders are going to make a look like they're giving you space and it's enticing, but you can't do it because they'll take it away very quickly. It's kind of like a a trap in a way, not New Jersey Metal Art Meadowlands swamp trap, not that kind of a trap, but they kind of trap you into into putting pucks into bad areas. And then to hear Alex Kalorn talk about the adjustment they have to make playing against, you know, look, it's three very different style teams that Tampa Bay has faced here in the postseason. You know, Florida wanted to open it up and be physical and let their skill try and win them games. Carolina's an aggressive forecheck in your face in their puck pursuit, so you have to make quick decisions. And then to hear Alex Kalorn talk after the game, about how the Islanders actually sag back and they will give you some space. So some part of the game plan was to actually hold on to the puck a little bit longer. And by saying a little bit longer, we're, we're talking maybe an extra second. Just in the difference from what Carolina played. So there's the adjustment that they're going to have to make here is understand their opponent a little bit better, understand how they have to play. And it's not a huge adjustment. It's not a major overhaul. It's not something, oh, we can't handle this. It's about understanding how to handle it. And I think what this team has shown through the past few years is that they do have that ability to make those adjustments, you know, especially going back to last postseason and even this year. They have not lost back-to-back games in the playoffs for two years, two playoff years. So they are given the benefit of the doubt. And look, they played four series last year. I know it's the bubble. It's different. I get it. I know, I know, I know, I know. But they lost game one twice last year. They lost the opening game against the Boston Bruins in round two. And we're actually an overtime goal away from being down 2-0 in that series. Andre Palat scored the game winner in game two. It's a tie series. They go on to win the next three. Now, there were some circumstances in that series because there was a back-to-back situation where the Bruins had to start Yarrow Halak on back-to-back nights. Remember, they had to pause for a couple of days 
with the uh, social um, issues that were going on in the world. So they paused for a couple days before they got back at to back to it. But they ended up winning that series in five games. And then they lost game one of the Stanley Cup final to the Dallas Stars. Again, could be the fact that Dallas was able to wait around where the Lightning had to go six games and then start two days later, open the Stanley Cup final. But they lost game one against Dallas, came back and won the next three, lost game four or game five rather in double overtime, and then eventually, of course, winning the series in six games. So they've been here before. They understand what's at stake. They understand how they have to play coming out for game number two. And I mean, you never want to drop the first two games on home ice in a best-of-seven series, especially in this case. Not that they're going to be intimidated by the crowd at Nassau Coliseum, but it's going to be a you know, look, they haven't played, honestly, they have not played in front of that type of a crowd in in a number of years. I know they went to Carolina and, and the, the fans there were off the chart. A little bit of a bigger building than Nassau Coliseum is, which is more intimate, much more smaller. The noise resonates a little bit more. You know, so it's going to be a, an environment they haven't, honestly haven't experienced for a while so they're facing that so you don't want to fall down 0-2 heading to New York for that uh, it's, it's, not a, it's not a must win uh, but you don't want to lose it right? it's, it's kind of that, that situation and you know look we've seen this team do this before and for whatever reason and I, and I don't have an answer for it I wish I did but I don't have an answer for it they don't play well or they don't get the results on a consistent basis when game one is on home ice. It's bizarre. It really is. You know, you think back to 2015 against the Red Wings, lost game one on home ice. Um, 2016, they lost game one on home ice to the Islanders. End up winning that series in five. Even even the first game, the first home game of a series, because that's what they did in this playoffs. You know, they won the first two games on the road, lost first game on home ice. It's weird. It's you know because a lot of you asked me, and I did a lot of interviews going into the start of this postseason. Don't you want to start at home? Don't you want to have home ice advantage? You know, you went into that series against the Panthers, understanding that all you needed was one regulation win out of two games, and they would have had home ice advantage against the Florida Panthers. Home ice does not mean... Well, it doesn't mean as much in today's game, but it really doesn't mean anything to this team because their road record is phenomenal. I don't have the numbers in front of me. I, I apologize. But just think about this. And I know it was the bubble last year, but they were the road team, right? So all those advantages of the home team and the so-called disadvantages of the road team, they went 10-1 and one in the bubble last year as the designated road team. 
And then this year, they've still only lost one road game. They went 2-1 and one on the road against the Panthers in the first round and 3-0 and oh against Carolina in round two. So they're 5-1 and one on the road. Yet on home ice, they struggle to find wins consistently, especially to open series. And in fact, I think this note was passed along to me by a good friend. That the Lightning have lost six consecutive home games to start a series. And by start a series, the first home game of a series. Right? Columbus. Obviously, they lost both of them. Against Washington in 2018 in the Eastern Conference Finals. Lost both of them. Right? Islanders, 2016. Lost the first game on home ice. It's 2018 against the Bruins. Lost the first game on home ice. It's truly bizarre. The last time they won the first home game of a series came against the Devils in 2018. I, I, I know that's a common question, and, and I wish I had a, an answer for you. I, I don't. The only thing I can kind of fall back on is something that John Tortorella said years ago. That sometimes there's pressure on the home team to perform in the postseason. John Cooper or John Tortorella used to mention all the time he preferred starting on the road. The only time you want home ice is for a game seven. Of course, to have home ice for a game seven, you have to have home ice for the series. But that's beside the point. So this team is a much, much better road team. So they are not going to be intimidated by whatever is waiting for them at Nassau Coliseum. But you still don't want to have to put yourself into an O2 hole. Want to make sure that you're aware of a special offer you can get from Smack Apparel. If you go to smackapparel.com, use the code BOLTS21, that's B-O-L-T-S, BOLTS21, you can get 21% off of any order, not just the Lightning-affiliated or the Lightning-themed uh, apparel that they have any order that you get use the code bolts 21 make sure that uh, smack apparel knows that you're hearing about it here on the lightninginsider.com podcast uh, and then again 21 percent off and we do have a t-shirt to give away as well uh, our winner uh, the other day was um, figured out we have a new contest and a new trivia question that was answered the trivia question was name the other goaltenders who have had three or more series clinching shutouts, um, uh, active goaltenders, and they were Marc-Andre Fleury, Tuka Rask, and Ben Bishop to go along with Andre Vasilevsky, who, of course, picked up his third series clinching shutout against Carolina. So the Wheel of Randomness spun, and the winner of that free T-shirt is going to be Ben. And Ben, I will reach out to you. Uh, I believe you email me, Ben, so I will uh, send you the information. Uh, you get to choose between the Back to Boat shirt or the Big Cat shirt that Smack Apparel does have. So I will reach out to you, get the information from you. So congratulations to Ben for winning that T-shirt. Uh, and again, smackapparel.com, the keyword is bolts 21 don't be left out make sure you subscribe to the lightning insider on apple Podcasts, spotify and anywhere else where podcasts are found now here again is Eric.
So we'll see what this team has in store. I don't expect major changes. You know, I don't think anybody had a terrible game, but I don't think anybody had a good game. Even Andre Vasilevsky, as good as he was in the early stages of the game, he would probably like to have the second goal back, the Pulak goal. Long-range shot. Beat him five-hole. So again, it was just it was kind of an average game, and and, and I'm, you know you can't sit here and say, well they didn't put in the right effort. They weren't ready to play. They were ready to play, and in fact, they were really good the first seven eight minutes of the game, like really good, creating pressuring, get it in the zone, cycling, and then a turnover led to Ryan McDonough. Having to take a penalty puts the Islanders on the power play. It's an excellent kill. It's an excellent kill. I mean, they snuffed out anything the Islanders tried to do at the blue line and killed it off great. And then Barclay Goodrow is called for roughing a little bit later in the period. So it just, that kind of stuff takes you out of your groove, right? It's not. It's not soul-sucking, but it, it takes the team out of their rhythm, and they had really established a decent rhythm the first eight, nine minutes of the game. So they were there, and even in the second period when it's still a 0-0 game, they had a couple of good high cycles going. Right? They were creating, they were holding the puck, they were, they were stretching the Islanders out, and the Islanders don't want to be stretched out. They want to stay compact in their own zone. So by putting that third guy high and and doing the high cycle play, they actually created a couple of opportunities off of it. So I I would look for more of that stuff to try and take place in game two, which comes Tuesday at 8 p.m. So look for that. Look for, again, better puck management. That's what you have to kind of keep an eye out for is if this team is going to protect the puck, they'll be okay. Limit your mistakes. You'll be okay. Don't feed into what the Islanders want you to do, and that's be impatient. Show that you have patience. Show that you can manage the puck better. Show that you can be the team that can bounce back from these games and understand. And, like, I've already seen some of it, too. For some reason, the ghost of Barry Trotz still haunts this team, or at least from the fan base, because of what happened in 2018 when they lost their first two games on home ice. They won the next three to take a 3-2 series lead to move in with a a game of reaching the Stanley Cup final that year. And then not only do you lose game six and game seven, and game seven was on home ice, you get shut out in both those games. So I've already seen the talk circulating in my feed a little bit about the so-called, even though the Lightning beat the Islanders last year, and throw out game one of that series because the Islanders had some 
travel. I remember they played a game seven in Toronto, had to travel to Edmonton on Sunday and start game one on Monday. And it was a blowout win for Tampa Bay. The rest of that series was close on the scoreboard. 2-1, 3-1. I think there were three 2-1 games in that series, including game six that was won in overtime by Anthony Sorelli. So you have to expect that. And I think, you know, in listening to John Cooper talk about, yeah, they haven't seen them all year, right? You play 56 games during the regular season, and then your first two rounds of the playoffs are against the same opponents. So they haven't seen the Islanders since September, but they haven't changed. A couple of personnel differences, right? No Anders Lee, but you have Kyle Palmieri. You have Travis Zajac. You know, you have another year of Matt Barzell, who is their, he is their high-end skill guy. He is their one quote-unquote game-breaker. But it's the same team, it's the same style, it's the same coach. So nothing surprised Tampa Bay. I just think that they were pulled out of their patient play. And that's on them. It's not on the Islanders. The Islanders did nothing that surprised them. So when these sort of situations are self-correctable, that gives you a confident, uh, at least a more confident feeling that heading into game two things can be different, that you can push things toward what you want to play rather than letting the other team dictate. And the way the Islanders like to dictate is just sit back and wait and wait and wait and pounce. And in some ways, that's kind of how the Lightning are. Not that they sit back and wait to pounce, but they do wait for their opportunities. They don't want to force them. Well, in game one, they tried to force a few two things. And give the Islanders credit, they were, in, they were in lanes, they were on top of guys. I mean, Andre Pilat at one point in the third period looked like he had a really good chance, gained inside position on Adam Pellick, and Pellick just shutting down. Right, so sometimes it looks like you have the space, it looks like you have the time, and then bang, it's gone. So this was more, this was definitely much more of a feel-out type of game than either of the first two rounds, just because the Lightning were very familiar with Florida. They were very familiar with Carolina. And there is some familiarity with the Islanders, but you still had to see them up close to understand how they're going to play. So now with the onus is on Tampa Bay to understand that and adjust to it. All right, again, game number two, back at Amelie Arena, 8 p.m. start. Lightning look to even up the series heading back to Nassau. Games three and games four will be on Thursday and Saturday. Those are both 8 o'clock starts. Every other game in this series now is an 8 p.m. start. Um, I'll be back with another recap edition after game two, hopefully a much more different mood, different mode for that game. So until after game two, this is Eric Erlinson. This is a lightninginsider.com podcast. Make sure you rate, subscribe, review it on Apple, that five-star review. Also, don't forget if you want a 
Lightning Strikes book by Father's Day. I am traveling to New York on Wednesday. So if you have interest in getting a Lightning Strikes book personalized, signed, and sent your way before Father's Day, I need to have that by Tuesday. You need to let me know that by Tuesday. So email me, ericalightninginsider.com for details. $25 includes shipping costs. And the drawing that I have for anybody who signs up for a brand new yearly subscription to my site, lightninginsider.com, will be entered into a drawing to win a personalized signed copy of the book. All you have to do is sign up for a new yearly subscription. That's it. And then you'll be entered into the drawing. That is alive. That is, you're eligible for that up until the Lightning are out of the playoffs. So hopefully not for another month. So that deal is still there for as long as the Lightning remain alive in this postseason. Anybody who signs up for a brand new yearly subscription will be entered into that drawing. All right, so until after game two, I'm Eric Rollinson. Thanks for listening. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.